Hi, welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry, and we're going to do a short take, short podcast today. We have a special feast day coming up on August 25th for the Carmelites. Um, it's August 26th for the church at large, and the feast day is for St. Mary of Jesus Crucified. She is an amazing saint. She was born on the 5th of January in 1846 in Syria. She died on August 26th, 1878 in Bethlehem. And the church at large, like I said, celebrates her feast day on the 26th. But the Carmelites celebrate it on the day before because we have another feast day that's very important on August 26th, and that's the transverberation of Holy Mother St. Teresa of Avila. But let me just give you a few high points of St. Mary of Jesus crucified. She was a miracle child. Her mother and father lost 12 sons in infancy, and so they decided to go to Bethlehem on foot to ask the Blessed Mother for a daughter and promised her that if their prayers were answered, they would name her Miriam after Mary and would offer for the service of God a quantity of wax equal to her weight when she is three years old, and that was a really big thing. And so Miriam was born on the eve of Epiphany, and she is a great devotee of the Holy Spirit, so it's just interesting that um, she was born on uh, the eve of Epiphany. And she lived in Abilene in Upper Galilee in a Lebanese family, and they belonged to the Greek Melkite Catholic Church. She did have a little brother, Paul, who was born two years later, so they got a double portion there. Um, Miriam's nickname, as we call her in retrospect, was the Little Arab. Now, when she was only three, she was orphaned because her parents both died within days of each other, and so she was adopted by her uncle, um, her brother by an aunt, and the brother and sister, Paul and Miriam, were never to see each other again. So sad. They were separated. Now, um, in her childhood, she was a very thoughtful child, uh, a, a dreamer, uh, but she never attended school or learned to read or write. So whatever she could read or write was just from um, learning on her own or others helping her along the way. But this absence of education really just uh, put an accent on her interior life and how she reflected on things. And there was one incident when she was playing with a cage of little birds and she wanted to give them a bath and they died as a result of that and heartbroken she was burying them when she heard within her heart a voice say, this is how everything passes. If you give me your heart, I shall always remain with you. Now that was only the very beginning of a life that was really miraculous. And so I'm going to touch on that just very briefly. Um, she actually uh, had someone uh, when she was, um, I think, 12 or 13. Uh, her uncle wanted her to get married as was the custom at that time, and she wanted to be committed to Jesus, and um, so she did not want to do that. But anyway, uh, she got away from that, but 
there was a person who came along and wanted to convince her to become a Muslim, and she said, no, 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 I want to stay Catholic, and um, he got really angry with her, and so he tried to cut her head off, left her for dead, and the miraculous thing was she woke up with her neck healing, and a lady in blue was giving her this delicious soup and was taking care of her in, in what was like a cave. Now later, Miriam would attribute that to be the Blessed Mother. It was a miraculous healing. And from that point on, Miriam had trouble talking, had a kind of a, a croaky voice uh, because of the injuries. Now, there were other miraculous things that happened as she was on her way to become a nun, uh, first in one place and another place, ending up in the Carmel. And um, I could go into that, but then when we have a long podcast, right? So let me tell you, though, she's a miraculous person. I mean, um, there were many charismatic gifts in her. Um, she had ecstasies. She levitated to the tops of trees. People would see her at the very top, and they'd see her coming down, touching lightly just the tops of leaves coming down. Um, it was an amazing thing, and many people testified to that. She also had the stigmata in her hands and her feet and her side. She uh, also experienced the transverberation of the heart, just like Holy Mother Teresa. Um, she had apparitions, prophecies, mysterious knowledge, bilocations, she had angelic and demonic possessions, which was really interesting. Um, and that uh, requires some real intense study to have some understanding of that. Um, she founded a couple of Carmel uh, monasteries, um, both in um, Bethlehem and then in Nazareth. Uh, she helped... Uh, with the Carmel in India. Um, she was just really a, a phenomenal saint. One of her famous prayers, which I should have started with, um, is to the Holy Spirit. So let's just get recollected and let's pray that prayer right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Spirit, inspire me. Love of God, consume me. Along the true road, lead me. Mary, my mother, look upon me. With Jesus, bless me. From all evil, from all illusion, from all danger, preserve me. So that was one of her prayers to the Holy Spirit. So um, what I wanted to share today, since this world has so much violence uh, and many people are struggling, I wanted to share with you what Miriam uh, wrote um, this was titled a prayer in time of desolation. So this is this is Miriam's words And I think that we can really identify with it and be encouraged by it So let us let us quote Miriam You asked me to be willing to be deprived of your presence Lord, but I cannot accept it Make me suffer all you want, but do not leave me without you my God, I cannot go on anymore. My heart grows faint in its weakness. See, my soul languishes. My heart yearns for you. Lord, come to me. I cannot live without you. You are my life. 
I'm like a corpse without you, a rotting body moldering which falls into dust. I am dust. This handful of dust calls upon you. Hear its cry. Come and gather it to give it life. Otherwise, it will remain on the ground and be mildewed. Oh, my salvation, come and warm this moldy dust. Melt this ice in my heart. When the sun is hidden, the ice becomes stone cold. And when the sun appears, the ice melts. Such is my soul, Lord. If you leave it, it freezes and becomes stone dead. When the soul separates from it, it becomes cold, then green, then black. Then the worms consume it and it turns into dust. In like manner is my soul, Lord. If you leave it alone, it becomes moldy, and I feel the cold penetrating the marrow of my rancid bones. My skin is as dry as if it had been exposed to the sun. Come, come, O oh my life. Hasten to come and bring me back to life. I cannot go on. I am dying. I am turning to dust. Lord, give back to my soul. Then I shall praise you and serve you. The fish out of water dies. It can only live one or two hours. Two hours, then it dies. But if it is put back into the water, it lives on. So it is with my soul. To what can I compare myself? To little birds, to fledglings in the nest. If the father or mother bird does not bring them food, they die of hunger. So will my soul. Without you, Lord, it shall not have nourishment. It cannot live. To what can I compare myself? To a little grain of wheat. If the dew does not fall, if the sun does not give it warmth, the little grain acquires mold. Likewise, my soul, Lord, if you do not let fall the dew of your grace and the rays of your sun. But if you give it your dew and your sun, the little grain will be moistened and warmed. It shall take root and shall be a plant. It will give good wheat in abundance. If the roots are torn away from a tree, it withers out and dies. It is no longer of any use except to be cut down and thrown into the fire. But even if only a small root is allowed to remain in the soil, the tree remains green and brings forth leaves, flowers, and fruit. This is my soul, Lord. Without you, it has no roots. It is good for nothing and unable to bear any fruit. Like a branch that has been separated from a tree, so my soul withers. The fruits hanging from this branch cannot ripen. They remain unripe, green, dry, decayed. This is my soul, Lord. But if the branch remains attached to the tree, it is beautiful and brings forth much fruit. There is a time for everything. There is a time for frost and snow. Then the tree is dry. There is a time for the dew, for the rain, and for the sun. Then the tree becomes green. It brings forth leaves, flowers, and fruits. There's also a time for pruning the tree. At present, my soul is like a piece of dry wood. If you leave it, it will be useless and will eventually rot and turn to dust. But if you throw this little piece of wood into the fire, it will burn, become charcoal to burn incense before you. Throw this little piece of wood, Lord, into your furnace to make it burn into charcoal, and it will burn fragrant incense before you. You asked me to make three sacrifices, Lord. Not only three, but six if you wish. You know I desire to please you in everything. If my eyes can please you, take them. My ears, take them. 
my tongue, my mouth, my nose. Take all that can please you, my head and all my senses, my body. Take all. I give you all, but I cannot let you have my cold heart, Lord. Throw me in your furnace to burn as incense before you. What am I like? A rose that is cut and held in hand until it withers and loses its scent. But if it stays on the rose bush, it remains fresh and beautiful and preserves its perfume. I am like a lamp without oil. The wick cannot burn without oil. If you try to light it, the glass breaks and the lamp is extinguished. You are the oil of my soul. It cannot burn without you. It goes out. Let the oil of your grace flow into the lamp of my soul to burn before you. To whom can I compare you, Lord? To the dove who feeds her little ones? To a tender mother who suckles her little baby? To whom can I compare you, Lord? There is no one like you. Show yourself to me, my God. Draw aside the curtain that conceals you. Open, open up this curtain that I may see you. I cannot endure any more. My heart faints. Give me life. Raise the veil that hides you. I cannot live if I cannot see you. Come, Lord, hasten to show yourself. Amen. So that is a long prayer of St. Mary of Jesus Crucified, a discussed Carmelite nun, a mystic, um, when she is in a time of desolation, when she's feeling really dry, really arid, even uh, feeling repugnant for her duties in life. And yet, she uh, shows us in her word and, of course, in her example of her life to persevere and to have great hope. And uh, hope does not disappoint. Um, and so the church has canonized her, and she is a marvelous saint to consider, especially in our times. I think she will um, be very um, helpful in uniting the left and the right or the west and the east uh, the lungs of the church. And so um, let's turn to her, especially on her feast day on August 25th coming up, and ask her for great graces, ask her for unity, and ask her to help you to keep your eyes on Christ. And so um, I'd like to end with another prayer to the Holy Spirit. And um, I just hope that... Um, You've enjoyed this short take on St. Mary of Jesus Crucified. So again, a prayer by St. Mary of Jesus Crucified to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Source of peace, light, come and enlighten me. I am hungry, come and nourish me. I am thirsty, come and quench my thirst. I am blind, come and give me light. I am poor, come and enrich me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining me on this short Carmelite conversation. I had, hope you have a most blessed and grace-filled feast day on August 25th, if you're in Carmel, and celebrating St. Mary of Jesus Crucified on August 25th, or for the church at large on August the 26th, the day she actually died. And the rest of Carmel will be celebrating Holy Mother Teresa of Avila's um, uh, transvibration of her heart. This is uh, the wound of her heart was really big. So thank you and God bless you.